Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills, located in Dover, New Jersey. Our desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application for our lives. With that in mind... Some of you live in horrendous, terrible family circumstances. Horrible. But even there, God's grace will shine upon you when you're able to meet and to know and to pray with others in similar circumstances. There are so many different situations that seem difficult, that seem bad, that seem inescapable, like working in Caesar's household. He's a monster. But there's even grace there. What really is the grace of God? Is it possible to experience it for yourself? Today, Pastor Jim will answer these questions by teaching us where to find grace and simple ways to experience it. With that in mind, here's Pastor Jim in the book of Philippians chapter 4 with part 2 of his message entitled, Joyful Grace. He says, greet every saint in Christ Jesus. The brethren who are with me greet you. Remember, he had some people there. They were visiting him when he was in jail. All the saints greet you, but especially those who are of Caesar's household. Who are those people? They're probably the people who work for Caesar, Nero Caesar, Caesar Nero at the time, but have now become followers of Jesus Christ. So notice here in these verses, the apostle Paul essentially includes everyone who is a Christian everyone in all the churches. And if you're here today and you are a Christian, we must remember that God is our father, which means that we are a family, which means there are no lone rangers because our father wants us to be together. Now, those of you who are parents who have multiple children, and once they get a little bit older, you know all about this. There are a few things worse about being a parent than watching when your kids are fighting and can't stand each other but there are a few things more rewarding when you see how much they love one another, when you see how much they care for one another, when you see that they're watching out for one another. If I want to find out what's going on with one of my kids, I usually go ask one of the other kids because they're much better informed than I am, even though I pay the cell phone bill. I don't know how that works, but they seem to know what's going on. Perhaps you've heard this, that the ground is level at the foot of the cross. That simply means that we all look up And as we look up, if we are faithful to look up, we realize how incredibly small each and every one of us is compared to our wonderful Savior. That reminds us that each committed follower of Jesus Christ has equal worth in God's eyes. I would maintain to you that in the Bible that some people seem to have better access, better dialogue, uh, that God seems to really pay heavier weight on some of their words, but we are all of equal worth. Sometimes around the church, people say to me, you know, I can't believe you didn't you know, get so upset with that person. You seem okay with this, or what's going on with that? And you don't, you don't seem that unnerved by it. And I found it much easier to, instead of just thinking of the actions of people, I tend to try and think of them in terms of their relationship with our Heavenly Father. That we're brothers, that we're sisters. That it's so important that we get along. In fact, when we don't get along, when people don't get along, those are some of the things I go after the hardest. I also try to think of people in terms of their destiny. 
Because if they're Christians, their destiny is my destiny. And I think, you know, there'll be a time when this really won't matter so much. And so maybe it's not such a big deal now. Maybe God is working his grace in them as he's working the grace of patience in me. Like we like to say around here, we're all God's favorites. We who are Christians, I hope you think you're God's favorite, but I have to tell you something, I'm God's favorite. (laughs) Because God loves his children. Because saints are people who have been set apart and made holy by God. Many times in the book of Philippians here, we've come across the word fellowship or the word partnership. And that's what the church is. A church is a group of people who are united by the Lord Jesus Christ. And part of our being united is we are a people who are united to bring grace to those who don't yet know it. Those who are far from God, either from just the way they're living their lives or far from God and the tyranny of religion. And once that grace is known, we are to grow in grace together. I was looking at the demographics of Morris County recently and looking at how many people we would classify maybe as Bible-believing Christians and best I could come up with was about 3.3% out of 500,000 people. I think it's so ridiculous that churches are trading people when there is so much work to be done. I hope that you will join me in sharing the good news with the people who have yet to hear it. Talk with your friends a little more closely. You're going to be surprised. They don't know it. They'll say, I know Jesus. I know all that stuff. Press them a little. What does it mean to be a Christian? What does it mean to have your sins forgiven? And you will find a very, very different answer than you were perhaps were expecting. So it's a partnership. Turn with me quickly to chapter one, verse seven. The apostle says this, just that it is right for me to think this of all of you because I have you in my heart, inasmuch as both my chains, that's he's in jail, and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, all of you are partakers with me of grace. Isn't it interesting that a man under arrest for preaching Jesus is Lord, which means Caesar Nero is not Lord, and you might get your head chopped off for saying that. Isn't it interesting that a man would say, I'm suffering like this and you're partaking with me of grace. They sent him a gift, money. This is the thank you note. And he says, you're partaking of me in my poverty and in your sharing with me. And they were a poor church of grace. Even in the preaching of the gospel, he says, you are partakers with me of grace. Verse eight, he says, for God is my witness, how greatly I long for you all with the affection of Jesus Christ. Now, when we were there in these verses, we talked about how God longs for his people. But let me ask you a question. This morning, when you woke up and it was time to come to church, did you go, ugh, Sunday? Or did you say, how greatly I long for the people in my church, that I long for them with the affection of Jesus Christ? Friends, this is not just I go to church on Sunday. This is a whole new dimension. And how often we hear people say, well, I don't have to be part of a church to be a Christian, to which I always say, what Bible are you not reading? We are to have the joy and affection for the people of God. You say, well, there's a bunch of hypocrites in church. You're darn tootin' there are. That's why we're here. That's why we're here. 
God's design for the church is that a new people would share in the grace of God together, that we would love one another, that we would worship in spirit and truth, that we would find other people that have not just grasped the gospel, but the gospel has grasped them like it has done to us who understand what it is that we're talking about. So the apostle is encouraging unity, that we would share our blessings with one another, that we would give of our time, that we would give of our talents or our giftings, that we would give of our treasure, but not out of guilt, out of grace, to experience the great joy of grace. If you're serving in our church or you're giving to our church or you're meeting with people out of duty, out of obligation, have you noticed how short the time you last is? But when you're doing it out of grace, when you're doing it in response to the love of God, you are the energizer bunny. You just keep going and going and going. I'm not tired of ministry by any stretch of the imagination. I'm tired from it. I'm tired of running hard. And I would implore all of you to consider to run hard with us in the ministry to this area in which we live and to send out the resources of this church throughout the world. But this is also why, friends, we hurt so deeply when people leave the family. This is why we hurt so deeply when people think, I don't need God anymore. I don't need church anymore. I don't need the word of God anymore. We hurt when people stop attending because this is a family. Notice the apostle Paul even calls out some people and he uses the word especially. He says, especially those who are of Caesar's household. Probably not Nero himself, but think Downton Abbey and the people working in the basement. Think of the soldiers who would be working, who heard the good news when they were chained to the apostle Paul and then would be recommissioned somewhere else throughout the Roman Empire and then would tell others the good news of Jesus Christ. So these are the people who of Caesar's household, the government employees, if you will, who heard the good news and responded to the good news. Now, if you recall, we said in our studies that the Philippian church was having problems from the outside. There was pressure on the outside for them. There was pressure on the inside as well, but there was pressure on the outside. And I wonder if the apostle Paul here is saying, listen, there are other people who are living out their faith in difficult places too. You see, this is how grace unites us. Some of you are working under terrible, terrible conditions. You hate your job but you're trying to provide for your family, which by the way, I think is godly, but you work under terrible circumstances and you need to meet other brothers and sisters who are working under such terrible circumstances as well so you can share grace with one another. Some of you live in horrendous, terrible family circumstances. Horrible. But even there, God's grace will shine upon you when you're able to meet and to know and to pray with others in similar circumstances. There are so many different situations that seem difficult, that seem bad, that seem inescapable, like working in Caesar's household. He's a monster. But there's even grace there. Perhaps this of 
Caesar's household is a bit of a trophy for the Apostle Paul. I think of these people because this would have been me. The people that no one ever thought would become a Christian. The people that they thought were just too far gone. That guy too far gone. You can't believe how many people told me that about myself. Too far gone. Friend, is that you? Are you a person who people thought would never become a Christian? Maybe you're here today and you aren't a Christian and you think, I don't even know why I'm here. Grace, grace. God has brought you here for this time. Many people here would say, I'm that person. I was Caesar's household. I love that about Calvary Chapel. I was part of for many years what I might call prim and proper church, nice people, godly people. But it was sort of there, the idea was, we're just going to pretend how messed up we are. We want people to think that we really have it together when behind closed doors, everybody was gossiping. You know, they really don't have it together. And when I came to Calvary Chapel, it was really a breath of fresh air for me because I saw a lot of people who realized they didn't have it together. But because of grace, they could live the Christian life a group of people that Caesar's household had a plan for evil. But the kingdom of God had a very, very different plan. The people of Caesar's household were people who were surrounded by sin and quite honestly, they were probably quite excellent at sinning. Yet God in his great love, it's been almost 27 years for me and I still struggle with even talking about it. God in his great love reached those people. God in his great mercy reached down to them in the person of Jesus Christ. God in his great grace loved them. You see, I think the people of Caesar's household would be the people you would go to and confess your sins and they would say, brother, there's grace. Sister, there's grace. They wouldn't be the people who go, you do what? You did what? No, people who would realize that they truly are saved by grace and that God reached to them in Jesus. Friend, could that be you? Could that be you today if you don't know Jesus Christ? What is your response to Jesus? When you think of God reaching to you because you need him to. What do you think about that? I was reading this week, Romans chapter one and studying another issue in its entirety and reminded of Romans chapter one, verse 16 and 17. The apostle Paul says this, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Do you have a story, friend? Do you have a story of the good news of Jesus Christ reaching you? He says, I'm not ashamed of it. He says, for it is the power of God to salvation. We might say it is the power of God to have your sins forgiven, to have eternal life, to be a saint. For who? For everyone who believes. For the Jew first and also for the Greek 
in their language, that might be for everyone in the whole world. Verse 17, for in it, the righteousness of God, the Bible says that only those who will go to heaven need to have the righteousness of God is received from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. So who are those who have the righteousness of God? Who are those who are going to heaven? Who are the saints? Quite simply, those who hear and believe. Those who hear and put their trust in Jesus. We talk about the elect. If you're a Bible student, who are the elect? We can argue how that happens, but they are essentially the people who hear and believe. But friend, they will not hear unless someone tells them. And that is our task as Christians. If you are a Christian, I think you will agree with me that the love of God is a wonderful thing. If you are a Christian, I think you will agree with me that the grace of God is a wonderful thing. And it is too wonderful to keep to yourself. It is too wonderful to hoard it. Joy is experienced when grace is shared. So joyful grace is experienced when grace is lived. Joyful grace is experienced when grace is shared. Finally, joy is experienced. True joy, joyful grace is experienced when grace is received. Verse 21 gives us a typical ending of the Apostle Paul. He says, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Some of your versions say, with your spirit, Amen. Some versions have the amen in there. Some don't. It doesn't matter. The Apostle Paul ends with a pastor's prayer for his fellow Christians. What is his prayer? That the unmerited favor of God, nothing they did for it, the unmerited favor of God would be upon them. He was praying for them the same grace that transformed him from a Christ hater into an apostle and that sustained him as he traveled around the Roman Empire preaching the good news that same grace would be upon them and would sustain them. He's reminding them that because of the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, you can stand when things are hard. Because of the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, you can stand, Christian, when you want to give up. How is that possible? He tells us right here, because he's the Lord Jesus Christ. God himself has been revealed to us in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus himself said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Now people say Jesus never said he was God. But that's the reason they killed him. The religious leader said, you being a mere man, make yourself out to be God. They weren't confused. What's he saying? They were crystal clear on what he was saying. Philippians chapter three, verse nine says that it is only Jesus Christ that gives us the righteousness that is required to get into heaven. And that righteousness, Paul told us, is from God by faith. And then in chapter three, verse 20, he called Jesus the savior. The Lord Jesus Christ is salvation. Standing before God and any ability we have to live for God are only by his grace. The key to the Christian life is Christ. Yet joy can only be experienced when we receive 
his grace. In fact, I don't even like the word accept. I know a lot of people use that word. You have to accept Jesus. I think receive is a much better word. You say, why is that? Well, when I look around at most people, and if I inquire of them a little bit, they think they're pretty good. Yes, people, the Proverbs told us it would happen. Yes, people, if they're good, they go, well, yeah, I'm a good person. But when you look at the requirements of heaven, they're pretty high. How's this for one? Be ye perfect. (laughs) Do I have any takers on that? Yeah, the requirements of heaven are really high. And if you're not a Christian, the good news is the requirements of grace are so ridiculously low. All you have to do is receive it. You don't have to do anything. You just have to receive God's gracious provision for you. Jesus simply says, come to me. He doesn't say, get your act together and come to me. He says, come to me. He says, all can come to him and receive him. So it's not about my accepting Jesus Christ. It's about Jesus Christ accepting me. How does that happen? By grace, through faith. It's not about my inviting Jesus into my heart. It's about Jesus inviting me to the kingdom of God. The Bible says when we put our trust in him, that he sends his spirit into our hearts. It's really not about my living for God. It's about Jesus living for God in my place and dying on the cross in my place for my sins And if you hear nothing else today, friend, hear this. How you respond to that is the most important decision of your life. It is the only way to get to heaven. It is the only way for the forgiveness of sins in eternal life. You see, the apostle came to the realization that God had him in prison for Jesus Christ. Now, we talked about all the stuff he did when he was there. That guy was crazy. But at the end of the day, I think he would tell us, and we saw this in various passages, I was there to receive more grace. I was actually in prison to know Jesus more. James 4, 6 says, he gives more grace. Rather than to be a prison of his sin, rather than to be a prison of his desires, The Apostle Paul says, I was Jesus Christ's prisoner. I was his servant. And I was there in prison, and it was all of grace. There is great power in looking at the cross. There is great power in seeing Jesus Christ take our sins away. There is great power in looking up and seeing Jesus Christ on the throne. And there is great power looking ahead for his return but there is also great joy in positioning our hearts to receive more grace. There is great joy in seeing that we have just begun to explore the Lord Jesus Christ. We are a people who are forgiven. We are a people who are free. And there's a lot to do with that forgiveness. There's a lot to experience with that freedom. And I pray for all of us that we open our hearts today for more grace. 
So with joyful gratitude, we joyfully say goodbye to the book of Philippians, praying for a deepening experience of joyful grace. May our prayer for all the saints be, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. You've been listening to Changed by Love, the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Dover, New Jersey. Our hope and prayer is that all of our listeners would grow into committed followers of Jesus Christ. And we're overjoyed to play whatever role we can in helping you mature in your faith. Would you like to know more about us? Maybe you'd like to pass this message on to a friend or family member. If so, go to our website at www.changedbyloveradio.com. Maybe you have a question or need some guidance. We don't want to replace your pastor, but we are here to help. It's so easy to contact us. All you have to do is call, click, or write. Our phone number is 973-659-3380. That's 973-659-3380. Our email address is info at changedbyloveradio.com. And our mailing address is changedbylove, 158 West Clinton Street, Dover, New Jersey, 07801. Once again, that is Changed by Love, 158 West Clinton Street, Dover, New Jersey, 07801. You may be surprised to know how excited Pastor Jim and the Changed by Love radio team are to hear from you. In fact, it's common for Pastor Jim to pass on your encouragement to the congregation here in New Jersey, since we consider all our listeners part of our family. That's all the time we have for today. Our sincere hope and desire is that you will join us again next time on this radio station as we continue teaching the Word of the Lord. We here at Changed by Love pray God's best to each and every one of you today. Until next time...